Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish. His buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable, what an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun, play fake, step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. Twenty down, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, right. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. to Kentucky Roll Call. It's Friday. You sound, you sound horrible. You sound awful. Well, you didn't talk. You sound horrible. <laughs> don't you want to know that you don't sound good? Just turn yourself down, Roush. It should be good. I, I, don't, I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how. Welcome in Kentucky Roll Call, Big X Sports Radio. It's Groundhog's Day, February 2nd. 2024, Nick Roush coming live from his sister's basement in Alabama. And uh, yeah, when we're doing something different, sometimes there's going to be some some audio issues. But hopefully we'll figure this one out. Yeah, let's hope so. I think it's just echoey in here. So screaming doesn't help. But uh, yeah, Grandma Day. Yeah, it, it's it's bad, Roush. It's, I still sound bad. You sound it's muffled. Just, it's just muffled. It's not like it's echoey or anything. It's just muffled. Oh, well, I do shows all the time if I do my real microphone. I don't have my real microphone today, so. Mm. Well, we may have to figure something out here. Uh, Scoots, how are you? I am, I'm okay. I didn't get enough sleep last night. I went to bed after midnight for some reason. I guess the thought of knowing that I only have to work five hours today and then I get a break until Sunday and where I don't have any plans. Just, I guess, just knowing I would get a nap today, just stayed up too late. So I'm paying for it this morning. But overall, I'm I'm pretty good, ready for the weekend. How about you, you TJ? Have, I'm good. It was a great Thursday. I had some king cake for the first time this Mardi Gras season. Did not get the baby. I've never gotten the baby in any slice of king cake in my life, and that trend continued last night. But yeah, it was a good Thursday. Got to see some family, hang out, watch some basketball. Nice comeback win for Nebraska over Wisconsin. Another top 10 team loses. And, uh, yeah, nice little Thursday. No no complaints here. Excited to see if this groundhog sees a shadow or not. We may play the live stream once it happens in the next uh, 10 minutes or so, 20 minutes or so. We'll see. Do you all want some Puxatani Phil stats? Let's do it. I would love some stats. Do I sound better or worse? You sound worse, and, and we may need you to just mute when you're not talking because there's like a little feet. There's a little static. Okay. 
Where's the mirror? Um, yeah, it's almost like you're not plugged in all the way or something, but I'm sure that you probably are. I don't know. Sounds sounds goofy. Sounds different. And he's out. And it sounds better just with him being out. No offense. <laughs> like there there was that noise, right? I'm not wrong yeah. about that. No, you're not. Just on my end. Yeah, no, you're okay. you're not wrong. And I hate that he gets I hate that he gets a, a little upset about it, but what are we supposed to do? <laughs> no. No. No, it's still bad, Russ. <laughs> You you may just have to take off today, buddy. I don't know what I don't I don't I don't know what I don't know what else to do. Because it's even when you're not talking, it's just like the the static Staticky, the yeah. sound in the background is just it's loud. We're static. That's weird. Six oh eight. Just go wake up your sister. She'll figure it out. I'm gonna get my AirPods with those sound like duty. Let me try that. Should I try? Worth the try. Worth the try. Worth the try. Worth the shot. See what you can come up with. Give but, me some Groundhog Day stats in between. No biggie. You're you're visiting family, and uh, we can't really set it up beforehand because we're playing live radio beforehand. So, oh well, we'll we'll figure it all out. Nick Roush, TBD, on his appearance on today's Kentucky roll call. I'm really anxious to hear from him. There's a couple things I want to run by him. Hope he can get this stuff figured out. You said you, you may just have to take the day off. Well, we I don't know if we can do that the whole show. No. I mean, what do you think? No, I, right? I agree. That's just a funny funny way to put it. But maybe this was his plan all along. He's like, listen, I'll go down there, I won't bring my mic, and then when I come on it'll sound so bad and then I can go back to I can go back to sleep. Uh, I doubt I doubt he'd go back to sleep anyways. Hopefully he figures it out. We'll see. Happy Friday to you. This is Kentucky Roll Call. If you've listened for any amount of time, hiccups are pretty common on the show. It yeah. happens part of what makes us so lovable right scoots oh yeah yeah no doubt about it all right would you like some puxatani phil stats i would love some puxatani phil stats okay so the puxatani groundhog club you're typing over there too scoots they've predicted 128 weather weather events i guess either winter comes or goes long or spring comes early right Mm mm-hmm how many out of 128 do you think have been early springs? Uh, you can not, either give me a number or a percentage, either one. Yeah, I don't feel like it's very many, so I'm going to go with like 16. Well, if you're going with percentage, you nailed it head on. It's 16%. Oh, that's what I meant. Tw- yeah, percentage. It's been it's been 20 it's been 20 times that they've predicted an early spring. So only 15.6% of the time does that stupid groundhog come out and say, hey, it's going to get warmer a little bit better, a little bit earlier? Do you know the most recent time he predicted an early spring? When's the last time he predicted an early spring? Uh, let's go like 2006. Whoa, that's a long time. It is 2020 when he really? controversially came out of his little tree stump at Gobbler's Knob and he said, it's going to be in early spring and everybody started cheering and then he said but wait there's gonna be a government planned pandemic in the next month everybody watch out and then they shoved him back into the tree stump and everybody and they they censored that and you don't get it out there but 2020 was the last time that the groundhog didn't see his shadow and scoots what percentage do you think he actually gets it right like according to weather people in regards to spring coming early or it being a longer winter, 
How accurate do you think Puxitani Phil is? Uh, I'm going to go a little higher than I probably should here, and I'm going to go 41. percent You know, I, you'd think that you're that you're cheating. Uh, it's 39. percent Wow. Well done, Scoots. Does that sound any better? Yes. No. It's just a static thing is the biggest issue. You sound fine when you're talking. It's just the feedback of when you're not talking. Just like the constant. Uh, that's weird. I don't get it. Maybe because I mean, I'm in the basement. Definitely mute yourself if you're not talking. I can handle that. Uh, great guest, Scoots. I'm proud of you. Thank I'm very proud of you. I've Thank nailed you these all. Do you think you would have done as well, Roush? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, I, I don't know uh, my guy Phil very well. Um, I, I'm also just uh, – I don't like that today actually is Groundhog Day because I'm getting, I'm getting that sense with Liam Cohen, and that could just be a, be a disaster. We could, we could have a – it wouldn't be an actual disaster, but it would just make me mad more than anything. So let's just – I don't, I don't want to redo that whole thing again. But we, we might be on Groundhog Day. Very well could happen. Whoa. He sounds horrible, but the scoop he's got is legitimate, folks. So you think yeah. maybe UK is going to be looking for a new offensive coordinator by the end of the day? Yeah, I don't feel great about it. Really don't. What uh, NFL job's going to hire this, this, this joker? Tampa. They're going to hire there's there's a chance he gets that offer the, that job, um, especially uh, Baker Mayfield's down at the Pro Bowl. He's a free agent and he's likely going to resign. But if you want to make him happy, Cohen basically gave him the second wife in his career. Because you all remember, they signed him. He was just being passed around. Nobody wanted him. They signed him on 48 hours notice. He goes and wins the Thursday night football game. In his post-game interview, he like thanked Cohen for helping him get him ready. He does well for the Rams. Then goes to the Bucks this year, plays well. Now gets a playoff win. He's going to end up uh, signing a pretty significant deal this year. Um, and the two of the guys they interviewed, they interviewed another Rams guy and they interviewed Cohen. So it would it would make sense if they wanted to go that route to offer him. And I remember the once upon a time, like Todd Bowles does like him. I had some scoop a while ago that Todd Bowles liked him, but the last time he wasn't going to get a chance to call play, like it was going to be a long shot because Byron Leftwich was still in staff. Um, but this, the, the, I, I just, I don't know. I got a bad, got a bad feeling about it, TJ, because none of the others. No offense to Antoine Randall, that's you know, that one doesn't scare me a ton. Another guy that interviewed the job, uh, the Cleveland Browns offense coordinator, he accepted a job to go to the Patriots. So their options are limited, and if they want a McVay guy, right, if they want to stick in that, he's probably better than the other Rams guy they offered. So, yeah, or that, that interviewed for the job, excuse me. So, yeah, I, I don't have a great feeling about it, and I don't think it – I've never thought that this was just – maybe there was a moment I taught myself, but – to, to make myself feel better, but um, I, he's looking. He he. I, I think he's earnestly trying to get the hell out, and this 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 opportunity uh, might be the one. Might be the one. So I've got my head on a swivel. I'm prepared uh, for the news if it so happens to to drop today. 
there you have it, folks. Whether or not uh, he the the sound the the sound is where we want it to be. The scoop is totally legitimate and newsworthy and worth talking about. Uh, Nick Roush has a feeling that today could be Liam Cohen's potentially last day on the job as the offensive coordinator for the University of Kentucky. And Scoots, this is a tough spot in radio because on the one hand. I want to react as if what Roush is saying is totally true. And Roush has a – he's when he has a feeling like this, sometimes where it's like, hey, you all may want to look into this, he's usually pretty right about that stuff. Not 100%, but pretty close to it. He does a good job with that stuff. So on the one hand, you want to react to it as if it's happening, but then knowing KRC's luck and the KRC curse, we'll do that, Scoots, and then it'll come out around like four that Tampa Bay decided to go in another direction, and it'll be like, oh. Well, we just kind of crushed Liam Cohen for for not for no reason, but for the dude still being UK's offensive coordinator. We put it could have we could have avoided that whole song and dance. So it's a tough spot in radio because you want to react to that as if it's going to happen, but you probably should wait until it actually does happen. But that being said, BS. There's r- words on radio I don't want to say about all this. You're putting together the offense for next season. You are, and that has already happened in large part with a few maybe pieces here or there that could be added. These were your choices. You were the offensive coordinator. This is who you wanted to bring in. And then now, once again, leaving Kentucky late in the game, putting Kentucky behind the eight ball, not only in offensive coordinating hirings and who you can go get and who you can go take, but whoever you do go get or whoever you do take, you're going to be bringing them into a situation where it's not their quarterback, It's not their wide receivers from the transfer portal that they wanted. It's not their running back from the transfer portal that they wanted. Unless you hire within, in which case it's still no guarantee that those are the people that whoever UK would hire within would have wanted. And Roush, I'm sure, probably know better information about maybe where Kentucky would go. But this is a crappy thing to do. And I get it. People have to look out for their best interest. And if the guy wants to be in the NFL, he wants to be in the NFL. Well, you should have just resigned in December. And you should have just burned the boats and said, I'm getting an NFL job and I don't care where it is. And I get that that's unrealistic and nobody in a million years is going to do that. But Liam Cohen, if you leave UK, you have screwed over the football program. Not, not, not to a point that they can't recover and not to the point that they can't get another OC that can do just as good as you, if not better. But it won't be their guys. And in, in the transfer portal era, Roush, it is so much like a, a one-year contract to steal what a Rick is that a Rick Patino or John Calipari book? I always forget which one. They, they all have their. their I, I think, think that was Patino. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you got a one-day. You got a, this is a one-year sort of deal in the transfer portal. You're getting guys knowing that they're going to be playing for a year. You're getting guys knowing that they're going to be leaving after a year. And it's just a crappy thing to do to assemble your offense and then leave and say, well, I hope whoever takes over enjoys the pieces that I have. And I will say, if this does happen and UK hires an offensive coordinator, whether right or wrong, Roush, he should get a total free pass for the following for the upcoming season. Maybe not a total free pass, but we should be incredibly lenient with him because it won't be his quarterback. It won't be his dudes. So this whole thing sucks if this happens. And it sounds like it is because you seem pretty sure about it. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm not um, going to go ahead and get the shovel out and bury him right just yet because, you know, we could look stupid, as you said. Um, but uh, Stoops had a quote 
on that BBN Tonight interview. Not that he's 100% on with Liam, but there was another one where he was asked on input and hires. And he's like, you know, I was going to sink or swim um, with that hire in 2021 when I got Cohen. I kind of put that on me. And Maggie's like, well, as it looks, you swam. If Cohen leaves again, then you might say that you, you suck because that's just like three wasted years, basically. Yes, you got a good one, but it, you know, it, just the whole, the whole perception on that hire would look dramatically different um, because of just the, the back and forth that the program would have gone. The, the Liam Cohen hokey pokey, right? That's just hard for a program to tolerate that much turnover that quickly. Um, but I, I do think, without getting too, too far ahead, the the one positive is the portal wouldn't open right away. It's not like if a head coach leaves where players can just go instantly. The new coach would get a spring trial. Um, so you you basically have 15 practices to convince these guys that, hey, what I'm doing is worth it. Now, I, I, I'm not naive enough to think that everybody would stick around, but at least you have that opportunity to try to galvanize some of that. So, uh, But like I said, I, I hope that's not the case because – um, if, if, if we do get news that Tampa's hiring somebody else today, it's still a big recruiting weekend and there's as many top 200 players as I can ever remember on campus. Um, it's, it's, it's one of the more impressive guest lists I've ever put together, um, from a Kentucky football recruiting weekend. So if you do keep this thing together, it, it still looks pretty promising. It's just, you gotta, you gotta keep it together. You got to keep it together. Um, if not, it's just the the damage done to the program would be pretty. It's not like it's unsalvageable, TJ, but you know it's it's significant to have this much inconsistency at your offensive play caller. Yeah, it, it's not it's not good. Um, it's not good at all. And again, maybe you should wait until it's officially official, and then we can have those conversations. But in the meantime, if it were to happen, it is not good news for UK football. It's a bad look, in my opinion, for Liam Cohen. Not because you don't want him to do what he needs to do for the you know for his interests and his family, but it is late in the game. And Roush, you're right. This is a big recruiting weekend, no less. And you are getting paid 1.7 or 1.8 million dollars to represent the University of Kentucky, and it just doesn't seem like you've been doing a good job of that the last month. Uh, we got excited when you got some of the transfer people coming in, but ever since then, it's been nothing. And not only nothing, we've worried about you taking pretty much every job under the sun, in which case that's going to cheapen the job that you did in the transfer portal because, again, it's not going to be the next guy's guys coming in. And it's nice to know that maybe not everybody's just going to bounce, but it's still not going to be their their style of play potentially. And maybe Stoops will try to – hire somebody where it's going to fit with that sort of deal. But, yeah, this is not good. I mean, just between the soup stuff with A&M and now the Cohen stuff, and it just feels like not even play on the field is dictating this, Roush, but it feels like the program's just losing momentum at every turn, and it's not because they've lost three straight games or something like that. It would be funny, too. Uh, Bill O'Brien is up for the Boston College job. would be hilarious if, if Cohen – doesn't get any of these NFL jobs, but then we have to do the Ohio State thing again. It would just be the third different round of 
Liam Cohen watched this offseason. Um, so, yeah. Groundhog's Day is correct. And, Roush, let me ask you this. Does, does any of this fall back on Stoops? He had that conversation with BBN tonight. He said, Cohen and I are always on the same page. Well, it doesn't seem like it. And, and maybe Cohen's keeping you on the loop of everything that's going on, and you just kind of have to sit back and just – take it there's not you know you don't have any other choice either your dude's going to go take another job or not but does this reflect back on soups at all and his inability to keep offensive coordinators whether for doing a good job like liam cohen 1.0 or for doing bad jobs which is pretty much everybody else it always there's there's always going to be a sense of shared responsibility no matter what um the buck stops here in both good and bad, right? The ultimate accountability is on Stoops' shoulders. It does make you wonder, though, when, like, why did we have to make him our savior and our only hope? Like, what? Because that was the shame of an offensive coordinator search last go around. Um, was it could, the, it could be the same case this go around too? If you're talking about Scangarello. Well, I'm, I'm talking about when Skang, after they fired Skangarello, and we just waited around until they made it official. Oh, you gotcha. know? Yeah. yeah. It's like, Everything with Cohen has been a headache. And part of that's not his fault, but yeah, you're right. But like, you would go back to say, like, well, why did you just – I think a lot would be like, why did you blindly put all of your eggs in the Liam Cohen basket when you know he could have very well left? That's I think, would be the biggest criticism of it all. That, that's uh, a fair point. All right, we're going to get news on Puxatani Phil here. Scoots, can you play it? Is that a yes? A little political humor from Puxatani Phil. Looks like they already announced it, no? Is a shadow or reason to hide? Tell the world! The news is Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> Early spring. Early spring. <laughs> you heard it. Did we hear it? We didn't hear the announcement, but we heard everybody cheering. So I, that's a pretty what? good indication. Why didn't we hear the announcement? I don't think he said it. He never said it. I was. I played the link at the same time you were playing the oh, link. Oh, maybe he did say it. I just didn't hear it. He did the little poem. You just don't speak gobbler, Scoots. That's your problem. I, I, he did the little poem, and he said, an early spring is on the way. Can we, the crowd just went bonkers. Can we talk about this whole whole Groundhog's Day thing? Because I've, I've got some major issues with it. Well, we've, we've talked about it for about 20 minutes now. So, yeah, we can keep talking I, well, about I just, it. Well, I didn't realize that they've got, like, a, a tree set up and a little bunker for Puxatani in the bottom. They basically just keep him in a cabinet. I, I, I don't know. Didn't this well, it's guy? A, it's, a, it's a tree. It's Gobbler's Knob. It's a tree stump. Didn't he used to, like, come out of the ground or something? He's never well, he's always been of, in I this think thing. I mistaken him for his name uh, being a groundhog. And secondly, what are your groundhogs doing today? Are they celebrating? Well, probably. Yeah, they're probably just waking up out of their slumber. Getting well, the news. Nursing back the the mouse in the shed, but besides <laughs> that, yeah, they're gonna have a nice little they're gonna have a nice little get together. Uh, yeah, he he's happy in there. It's warm. He's got a. I'm not saying he's. he's a, I'm, I'm not saying he's not happy. I just I'm saying I don't think I don't remember it being like this. I thought he always just came out of the ground and looked took took a look around. I was like, oh, there's my shadow, and got scared and went back down. Dude, you won't believe this. That's not a real tree either. That's that's not. Oh a, yeah, clearly. A, yeah, 
It's, it's, it's like his holding cell. He has a, a home that is, I mean, it, no groundhog is living higher on the hog than this mm-hmm. groundhog. Phil, Phil's got living the good life. Yeah, yeah. This is he just goes in the stump. It's part of the tradition. But yeah, he's got a he's actually got a penthouse. He, he, he works one day a year, right? And the red, the other three sixty four. He's he's living large. I I bet he wakes like the night before. He's just like, well, I guess this is the night I can't tie one on. Uh, one <laughs> night of the year that I can't get after it. He's just got to wait till seven thirty though in the morning, and then it's party city. Now they're they're like they're already partying. Uh, they're already getting after it. They'll be doing it all day. The groundhog did not see his shadow for the first time since 2020. And by the way, that was an accurate predict- prediction in 2020. We had an early spring. He said we'd have an early spring. First time since 2020. Everybody celebrate. The bad weather is factually and literally getting out of here. Time out. So early Early spring's a guarantee. Timeout. So, first of all, I, I don't know if I buy the validity of all this because there were about 15 guys around him on the table when they put him on the table. So, I don't know how you could or couldn't see a shadow at that point because the whole table was shadowy. Second of all, you brought up TJ. He's only right 39% of the time. So, I'm not going to get ahead of myself and think that an early spring is on the way because we've only got less than a 40% shot of that actually happening. So, Hold, well, that's hold just your how butts. the weather. Pe- that's just how the weather people calculate it. And is that an early spring for like the entire country, for your region, for uh, for for just where, just for the Gobblers Knob people? Is that is that what we're doing, or is it the whole country? It's probably the whole country, and they just do it by temperature trends and stuff like that. Uh, but I think he, I think Puxatani Phil is going to nail it this year. I think we're gonna. I, I do. I'm. It's been a little warmer the last week or so, two weeks even from back when it was like five degrees. I feel I feel good about all this, and maybe it means UK basketball is going to turn things around. Maybe Kentucky basketball was playing pretty well the last time he saw a shadow. So yeah, let's turn it around and kick Tennessee's ass tomorrow. That's a good point. I like the way you think. All right, we are going to take our first break. We'll come back. We'll talk more basketball. We'll get to the Thornton's text line, grab-and-go texters. We'll talk more Liam Cohen. Roush just drops a bomb in the first hour here today. Don't go anywhere. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Donatella, T-Mobile. Three words for you. Treat yourself. Treat yourself 2011. Once a year, Donna and I spend a day treating ourselves. What do we treat ourselves to? Clothes. Treat yourself. Fragrances. Treat yourself. Massages. Treat yourself. Mimosas. Treat yourself. Fine leather goods. Treat yourself. It's the best day of the year. The best day of the year. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call, Friday edition of the show, Groundhog Day edition of the show. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen, big UK basketball game tomorrow. Top 10, top 5, Tennessee, both Kentucky and Tennessee, the loser of tomorrow night, probably going to see a pretty sizable drop in the rankings. But the winner 
if Tennessee, if they lose at home to South Carolina, but get a win at number 10 on the road, UK, they probably wouldn't, wouldn't have too much movement and Kentucky, they lose at home and overtime to Florida, but you beat a top five team, Tennessee team. You wouldn't hope that they would drop more than two spots. If, if even, if even that, so Big game for both teams tomorrow night, 8.30, Rupp Arena. They will play twice. This is the first meeting between the two. And then it will be senior day season finale, regular season finale in Knoxville. So that will be a tough one for Kentucky. Tomorrow will be a tough one for Kentucky, but you really want to be able to get one of them out of the two. Big opportunity for UK to bounce back tomorrow night. We'll talk about the game as the show goes on. Want to remind you about our friends at Thornton's. Download the Thornton's refreshing rewards app you'll save time and money and don't forget you don't have to carry around keys or anything like that when you get to the pump you just punch in your number it'll automatically take the 5 10 15 25 cents off a gallon and you'll be happy about it makes it easy that's what you're looking for out of your convenience store gas stations text on into the thornton's text line we're looking for texters 502-414-1450 one texter is our buddy John. He says, hey, John here. Good TGIF morning. Okay, so the Cats will get the victory this weekend. That is all I'm going to say about that. We need to get the victory, and I might say this may just be the most important game of the season so far. I just believe what happens in this game will start to affect this team in a big way. Hey, I hope the Groundhog does not see a shadow. Well, got to go cat you later. Folks, John predicting another UK win. Wow, first time for everything. And it turned out, John, that was not all you would say about that. Did has you John, would proceed to say more. Has John predicted a loss this season that you all can recall? Because I don't think no. so. <laughs> no. No. I think he might have predicted a loss to Alabama in football. But, like, with the caveat, like, hey, but is, can you imagine if we did win? Like, and you know, he, I appreciate John for being optimistic. Um, and you know what? You should be optimistic against this Tennessee team despite that loss. Uh, you know, the, Kentucky got there. They swept them last year. And, yes, they have added Dalton Connect. Yes, he is very good. But, you know, if DJ Wagner plays in this game, I don't see any reason why Kentucky couldn't and shouldn't win this ball game. If there's not DJ Wagner, I will legitimately – and I don't often do this with UK home games. If there's no DJ Wagner, I will legitimately think UK will not win the game. And that will stink, and that will be, again, like I said, a pretty significant rarity. Does it mean they won't have a chance? No, it won't mean they won't have a chance. But I think you'd be a little silly to expect a team that lost at home to UNC Wilmington and Florida. And I'm not even saying those two teams are on the same level. Florida is a tricky team. Make no mistake about it. It's a, it's a team Kentucky should have swept. If they play in the SEC tournament, it's a team Kentucky should beat. But they are a, a little Kentucky light in the sense that they're a really, really good offensive team. They've got multiple players on the floor at any given time that can make you pay from deep or just by putting it on the floor and getting inside. They're a decent team, but UK lost to them at home because I, in large part, DJ Wagner wasn't playing. And if he doesn't play against Tennessee, I don't, I don't anticipate, especially the Vols coming off a loss, UK being able to dig deep enough to win that game. And that's not something I normally predict. So hopefully he's able to go. There was a part of me when I found out he was out Wednesday, Roush, uh, Cal, I almost called him Stoops. Cal has talked about how that ankle has bothered him since the Miami game. And I do wonder if they just said, listen, this is a Thursday or this is a Wednesday, Saturday turnaround. We're at home. I think Cal probably thought they should be able to beat Florida without DJ Wagner. 
and we just want to rest you up for this Tennessee game. That's what I'm hoping. Fingers crossed that just Wednesday was almost like a load management. We just want you to have a full week to rest that ankle, and that Tennessee game's a huge one, so we'll fire you back out there and hope that you're you're ready to go in that one. But you were shorthanded against Florida. The game went to overtime. Trey Mitchell, we know how he plays when he's a little tired. I do wonder how legs, even DJ Wagner's side, is going to be on Saturday. Now, again, these aren't 45-year-old men. These are mostly teenagers or early 20s. Hopefully a Thursday and Friday and all day Saturday to recover could get you ready for a Saturday night boxing bout against Tennessee. 12 rounds, most likely. Is it 15 rounds or 12 rounds when you're talking about a long boxing match? 12. 15. No. Oh, I got two different answers. It's 12. See, 15. See, I think it used to be 15, but then Browns only go to 12 now. Uh, anyways, you all get what I'm saying. It's going to be a tough game. I really hope DJ Wagner plays. It'll be a tough game with him. I don't think Kentucky wins without him. So we'll see. We'll keep you updated if we hear anything. And is it going to be the Dalton Connect Antonio Reeves showdown? Or do combine points between those two, Scoots? Antonio Reeves and Connect, you said? Yes. Uh, combined points will be 48. Oh, I've got 55 in the Roush calculations. Um, I'll guarantee you. It used to be 15, and now it's 12. Okay. So, so but I wonder what the – I mean, the saying, I guess, is either one. Because traditionally, it's probably more 15 on the saying. It was, but it, that was the championship distance was 15 uh, but they've, they they don't really do that anymore but I think maybe it's some of those Ali fights in your uh, your uh, documentary from Kim Burns he had some 15 rounders mm-hmm. so Scooch what if I guaranteed you it was going to be more than 48 48's a little low yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised at that I'm, I went conservative just because both these guys have really been popping off lately so at some point, water's got to find its level, right? But maybe not. Maybe they just continue to go crazy. I, I think they're going to – I mean, I, I don't know who's going to stop Dalton Connect on Kentucky. You know? That, that's, that's the big That's the big question, right? Because I mean, we just saw Michael Clayton hit seven threes. <laughs> so what, what sort of confidence do you have in Kentucky's ability to slow down uh, an outstanding score? Uh, how many points did Wade Taylor have against Kentucky? Thirty-three uh, or something six, like that. Sixty-two. Yeah, I mean exactly. So the, there's uh, that. That's why I think that is a little bit on the low side. Even though Vegas would probably put it somewhere in the fifties. What, what do you think the spread's going to be, Scoots, Mister Expert Scooter Spread Selection? Uh, it'll be Kentucky minus one and a half. I think it'll be a pick'em. Maybe I so. was thinking Tennessee minus two, two-ish. Give or take, but I could see Tennessee being a one-point favorite. Yeah, Kim Palmer and, has that minus two for Tennessee, but yeah, the 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 home court advantage that, that you know, we'll we'll kind of see. But not, it, Kentucky's got some issues defensively. I'm not breaking that news to anybody that's listening. They've, they've got some major issues, but. I'm not making light of the fact that UK won't have anybody to guard Dalton Connect. They don't have – nobody has a player that can stop Dalton Connect. South Carolina is one of the better defensive teams I've seen this season. He put up 31 points on them. Uh, now, for comparison, Antonio Reeves on the road put up 15 points. He played four fewer minutes than Dalton Connect did. 
and one was at home and one was on the road. But like nobody can stop slow down Dalton Connect. So that's Kentucky's got their issues defensively. But the fact they're not going to be able to guard that dude, Roush, they can just join the club there because nobody can guard that guy. He's a mismatch problem at six foot six. He really looks closer to like six foot seven. And he can score from anywhere on the floor. And he's athletic enough to blow by guys and finish on top of dudes at the rim. He can cram on people. He's a really, really, really good player. And as much as Antonio Reeves has just been unbelievable this year and most years he would be far and away your player, SEC player of the year, it's probably got to be Dalton Connect just because in conference play, he's put up 31 points, 32 points, 25 points, 39 points, 36 points. And those are just his last five games. I mean, he is on the heater of all heaters right now. Now, would it be great if that slowed down tomorrow night at Rupp Arena? It would almost guarantee a win, right? I think most UK, well, I think most college basketball fans, he's got to get at least 20 points for Tennessee to have a chance and probably closer to 25 plus for Tennessee to have a chance. But maybe that's maybe that's the angle, folks, is that he's due for a slowdown. He's due for a cool off night. Maybe that's tomorrow. My angle is Boy can hope. Yeah. My angle is just don't let any of the other guys beat you. Right. You have to if it's just Dalton Connect and everybody else, then you can still win the ball game. Right? We've we've seen that as of late. Uh, but you can't let Ziggler he went on a stretch um, in December for twenty points, thirteen, seventeen, seventeen, twenty six, eighteen. You can't let him get hot and you can't let Vescovy get hot. Those guys aren't that great, but they are capable of having those 20-point kind of performances. So you you cannot let those guys get cooking. Because that I, I think Tennessee, that's really their, that's how they're going to lose in the NCAA tournament, in, in my mind. I can see Connect being an absolute flamethrower, but it's still not enough because Ziggler and Vescovy just, they, they can't give, they can't be the secondary players they need them to be. Um, to provide a complete performance. So I, I think that's where it is in this game, where if Kentucky is scoring 80 points, which we've shown at home, I, I don't have their splits pulled up, but I bet I bet they're averaging 88 points a game at home. If How, how does Tennessee get there if Zegor and Vescovy aren't doing something positive as well? So that that's my key to the game, is slowing those other two guys down and just make, make Connect be... Superman, and if he is, then so be it. My scorned UK fan system play of tomorrow will be to take uh, Vescovy, Vescovy, whatever you want to call him, and Ziegler's over on points. Those do they're gonna they're gonna hit shots that they don't normally hit, and this it's kind of crazy. This Tennessee team, like those two dudes, were the focal point of Tennessee's offense previous seasons. Like they were the guys that had to score if they weren't shooting well from outside. That you Tennessee was going to have an off uh, an off offensive night, and they had to be on. And what what Tennessee traded this year was physicality inside, and maybe not as stinky as a basketball team, but physicality inside and some interior scoring for Dalton Connect. And not only Dalton Connect, but Dalton Connect and not having to rely on Vescovy and Ziegler as much. I mean, it was a huge win for Tennessee. They're not as physical inside. They don't dominate the glass as much as they have in years prior, but they actually have a pulse on offense for the first time maybe in the Rick Barnes era. So it's a it's a similar team 
with faces, but it's much different in terms of roles and how these guys play. So it allows Vescovy to get back to what he's good at, which is kind of facilitating, but more so just being a pest and an annoyance on the defensive end. Remember, he's sort of a dirty player. He's going to hold. He's going to pull. He knows how to game the game a little bit. And then Ziegler, I just don't think is all that great of a guard, and I think he's overhyped by SEC media and college basketball media. But he's a little bit of a water bug. He can get in different spots. If he's open, he'll hit shots. He reminds me a little bit of like a more athletic, faster Dewan Harris, where it's just like this dude shouldn't be the dude to beat you. But if you let him, that's on you. And that's exactly what happened in the Kansas game. Uh, they let him beat them, and it should have never happened. And so it's going to be a fascinating game. But I would just take the overs on those two dudes. Just as a scorned Kentucky fan, I could see them both having big nights. Here's a, a rundown of some of Vescovy's performances against Kentucky. He's got a lot of them because he's about 30 years old. 17 points, 13 points, 9, 18, 20, 2, 3, 4, 18. He is pretty sink or swim against the Cats. So hopefully he's he's sinking. Not like literally, I, I don't want him to drown during his trip to Kentucky in the hot tub, but we, we – Need Vescovy to, to lay an egg uh, against the Cats. Tomorrow night, referee, is the 8 o'clock game, correct? The late night one? I think it's 8.30. Oh, God. Even later. 7.30 Central time, you're you're fine. Yeah, I'm driving home Saturday Sunday morning. But, uh, yeah, you know, either way. Um, I just, I don't like, I'm going to be very, I'm going to be in a bad place emotionally and mentally when this game starts. Like, just all day waiting around for Tennessee to rip my heart out. Like, I just uh, – there's something about that stupid team, man. They just they, – they, well, they cut me such, deep. Don't be such a baby. It'll, it'll be all right. I, I do think it'll be an anxious watch once, once it starts, but I'm not going to fear Tennessee. Tennessee's not going to ruin my Saturday afternoon um, worried about them. And Cats need to take care of business, and I'm sure Rupp's going to be really, really rowdy, but Tennessee's going to be ready for it too. But Florida was an anxious watch. I didn't enjoy that so much um, just because yeah, – oh, yeah? Uh, just because it's so back and forth. But, Lucy, can I do a little radio? Did the Groundhog see a shadow today? Wow, the Groundhog did. That was great. Say no. And then one more go cats <laughs> for the listeners back at home. Say go cats. I need you to say it loud. There we go. All right, Lucy, have a good day. Thank you. Uh, but <laughs> bye bye. I would definitely take the overs for those guys because I just that's the way UK basketball operates, and it should be a pretty high scoring game, I would imagine too. Scoots, I want to know some of your thoughts on the other big games on Saturday because it is a it is a loaded slate. You are spending as much time as anyone I know watching all these games. Um, I'm sure you're planning your Saturday around it. So lay it on me. Like, is, is Kansas – I mean, they have to win at Fog Allen, right? Yeah, that's that's the thing, Roush. I have not looked ahead to the basketball schedule for this weekend, um, but I can tell you I will be sitting on my couch watching a ton of basketball this weekend. So I haven't, How are you going to be ready for Spears on Sports? Say it again. How are you going to be ready for Spears on Sports? You haven't – you don't have your, your your selections ready? There is no Spears on sports today, so I, I've got to do Denison, and I'm done. I'm done at noon today, baby. Come on. Woo! Spears skipping out on shows. Did you see that yeah, Bellerman finish last night, by the way? Yes, congrats I, I to the Knights. 
We need Spears' call over it. I want to hear what Spears' reaction is. I do, too. I'll, I'll have to text him later, see if we can't find a replay somewhere. It's I'm out, sure they recorded it. somewhere. Yeah, yeah well, maybe we can try to find it during that double-dip break. Let's get to a few more grab-and-go textures on the Thornton's text line. They wake up early with us, and Thornton's uh, is open early as well, and we like to read the text messages. Somebody sent in a funny picture of Puxatani Phil saying that COVID was made in a lab. And then they say, Domi Origato, Mr. Roboto Roush. And that's true. That, that is fitting for Nick Roush today. He's coming live from a basement in Alabama. And it sounds like it. It sounds like it. A texter says, why would someone want to take 50% pay cut to go from college to the pros? Is the work-life lifestyle that much better? Or is it just the hope of one day being an NFL head coach? Uh, Probably a little bit of both, huh? I would imagine. Yeah. I, I think there's just a fear that if he doesn't perform well next year, then the NFL won't want him anymore. And I, I, I think that's his sort of play. He's, a, he's afraid of getting stuck in college. And I, you've said, you said that yesterday, and I think it's interesting. And I don't know if that's just your opinion or that's kind of what people around UK are kind of saying. Yeah, well, he's worried that he may get stuck to be a lifer in college. And that's why he's. I don't know if that's just the scuttlebutt or your opinion, but whatever it is, I. I understand it, but it's just wrong. Like, you know, all right, you have a bad year this year. You're still under contract for another year. You just need another good year. That's like, you know, it, now if you had three straight bad years, okay, well, then that's a different story. And at that point, maybe you're just not a great offensive coordinator, and that would have been found out whether in college or in the NFL. But this idea that, like, one bad year is going to sink him, so he's got to jump off this opportunity right now, or otherwise it's not going to be there – I just don't buy. Like, I don't buy into that notion because you're only – you're. A, it's Kentucky football. You're going to turn heads if you win double-digit games. So you're one year, good year away from being on everybody's radar. That's my take on that. I like that take, TJ. Um, I also like he's scheduled to be in Ironton, Ohio today to recruit. So, you know, I don't think that means anything, but at least he's still working. Is still he gonna, working. Is he going to be there to recruit? Yeah, he's scheduled to be. So let's let's make it happen. I did. Um, I got a, a text from of a Jeremy Fowler report. And my heart sunk for a minute during this this segment. Um, it was the Bucks that hired an offensive coordinator, uh, or not? Not excuse me, the Titans. I misspoke. The Titans hired an offensive coordinator, not named Liam Cohen. And I, I, for a second, I thought it was the Bucks. And I was like, Oh crap! Is, is it already happening? Um, so I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a worry willy, but, but you know. This is this is the job is be a worry, Willie. So it is uh, hilarious. All this is happening on Groundhog's Day. They're they're very funny. Very yeah, funny. Like I think there is a, a higher power in the sports world, just because like of course this would happen on Groundhog's Day. That maybe for like the nineteenth time we have over the course of three years we've got Liam Cohen drama one way or another. A texter on the Thornton's text line says. Looks like it's time to get the Skang Gang back together. It's Ricky time, baby. What if they hire Skangarello again? At that point, I would just I would have a good laugh about it. Like you, you know. And then I'd probably be pretty disappointed the next day. But for a day, I'd have a lot of fun with that. Sure, it can't go any worse than it did last time, right? 
I still like the idea of just getting all the former offensive coordinators and support staffs for the offense. You got Eddie Grand. We've got Cohen. He's been offensive coordinator. We're going to bring back Scangarello, Shannon Dawson. Come on back home, baby. Neil Brown. He leaves being the head coach at West Virginia to come back to be the wide receivers coach at UK. And it's all the all the people we used to love. Isn't that the name of a movie or the, the Netflix show? Anyways, hour one done. Hour number two coming up next. We've got a lot more text on the Thornton's text line. We'll continue to talk basketball. A little football could be a big football day, as Roush said, if you didn't listen to hour number one. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen on your Friday morning. Fun first hour, Groundhog's Day. We played the live announcement. Maybe, maybe not. It's still, I'll have to go back and listen to the podcast to see exactly what came over, what didn't come over. Your guess Scoots is as good as mine. Scoots is shaking his head. When I when I was like, hey, play the live stream, I on my phone opened up the link and played it. And it was the perfect time. But maybe yours was behind or ahead or something like that. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking you were just a little behind. Because when I did it, it was almost like the perfect timing. But yeah, maybe maybe I it we may have came across. I just on it. maybe wasn't listening. But before we had some fun with Groundhog's Day, it is Groundhog's Day. It feels like Groundhog's Day, and it, it it's confirmation it's Groundhog's Day because Liam Cohen is going to be leaving Kentucky, according to Mike Garofalo. It's always a fun last name to say. The Buccaneers are working on a deal to hire Liam Cohen as their new offensive coordinator. After bouncing between the Rams and Kentucky in the last six years, Cohen likely heads to Tampa for a possible reunion with pending free agent Baker Mayfield. So there you have it. Oh, the way Roush told it to start this morning's roll call, it seemed he, he seemed pretty sure of it. He doesn't he doesn't really go around talking that way unless he feels confident about things. And Roush, you were correct because the reports are out now. Oh, there we go. Damn. Ah, well, that happened. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Yeah, so the, the static isn't as bad anymore, Roush. You definitely figured that out. Uh, but you're back yeah. to just be you're back to being really loud. Can go, we go back to the ear pods? The AirPods, yeah. The location that you're in. I agree. Yes, I can do that. Um, I'm going to hit post real quick on this thing. So, and I'll get all that situated and then we'll react. Uh, but you can just uh, suck it, Lane Cohen. Big old suck it. Big, big suck it. Oh, don't don't let your live radio show get in the way of the blog. I mean, I just got to hit two buttons, okay? I mean, you know how it goes. I know. I get it. That's fine. Do what you got to do. We'll be here. 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. Liam Cohen plays Kentucky again. The worst possible timing. 
I'm not an alarm. And people that listen to Roll Call know that I'm not an alarmist. I'm not somebody that fire everybody. You got to get rid of them. I think the only coach I want fired in my life is Matt LaFleur. But this is terrible. Like, this is awful for the once again. And Scoot, you may as well mute your microphone if you're typing away. Typey McTyperson. What are you even typing about? I'm sending text over. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Thanks. And I bet the text line is going to have a strong reaction to this Liam Cohen news. But Kentucky gets played again by this dude. They We waited long times to try to get him because the weird NFL schedule, I think the fir- first go-around was at the Super Bowl stuff with the Rams. Uh, then we had to wait a long time to rehire him because of the NFL schedule and all that stuff because of contracts or whatever. And then he is your sole recruiter for what you're trying to piece together for the offense next year. And then in February, just, what, a month, not even a month maybe, before spring practice starts, once again, this dude is leaving you. And I think I said when we went or did this song and dance, I, I don't want to say the first time because this would be like the seventh time, but when we did it like two weeks ago with the Bears job, I think I talked about how Kentucky needs to make an investment and they need to throw a ton of money. They, they, we thought we did that with Cohen. And it sucks that you just you decided to go all in on a dude who had a wandering eye for the NFL and then left the NFL to be in college only to leave again, but whatever. I, I, a big suck it to him. I regret ever being a conehead. I'm removing it right now. Well, but Kentucky's in a tough spot. Kentucky's in a tough spot. I mean, there's no other way around this. Will he have to pay some money back to Kentucky? Is that how this all works? Yeah, I think there's a buyout. I think it's maybe half a million, if I'm not mistaken. And Roush may know or not know. But uh, I, I think like Kentucky will get some money out of this. But now you got to go find an offensive coordinator. And not a lot of people are like Liam Cohen. A lot of people are going to say, eh, it's late in the game. I'm going to stick it out this year. And then maybe you could find an offensive coordinator who doesn't really like their situation that they're in. In which case, the question would be, well, why why don't they like their situation? Maybe they don't like their situation because they're the one who put it together. In which case, that exact scenario may apply with UK football and Liam Cohen right now. Part of the reason why he was so eager to go take any NFL job, and it's not like he was interviewing for jobs of the best offenses in the NFL – It's the Chicago Bears, which historically is just one of the biggest joke franchises over the last decade, two decades. And then the Bucs, who they made the playoffs this year, but didn't somebody have to make the playoffs out of the NFC South? So it's not even – the dude was just desperate to get out of college football, which why would you ever have gotten back into college football? It just doesn't – I mean, it makes sense because he's getting paid a ton of money and the dude probably just wants to make a bunch of money. But it seems like he does have a preference for the NFL over college. And now Kentucky's got to pick up the pieces yet again with this with this dude. Yeah, he can suck it. Like, there's a big old – he can take out a second and suck it. Um, just this – yeah. Um, so now we can say what we were like, oh, well, maybe we got to tepidly walk in. Um, this guy ruined a perfectly great window. Uh, Kentucky won nine games, ten games in 2021. If he sticks around, the the opportunities are endless. And instead, he leaves. And I mean, Kentucky's 14 and 12 over the last two seasons, and a lot of it just rests on him being wishy washy. 
and non-committal. So I just um, – that damn Yankee came down and spoiled everything, right? Like this whole, like, oh, it's the discipline. This is the discipline. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, buddy, it's it, – the issues are coming from the room where you hired your friend to, to take over. Like, I, I just I, – and, and it also goes back to my take that I had saved up, but I was trying to be nice. Um, to call, I shouldn't have been nice. I, I should have unleashed that take. Hell, half more fury. Were they? Was he actually that good, or were the players there that were already there that good? Chris Rodriguez, Wando Robinson, Will Levis, Darian Kennard, Luke Fortner. Was it? Was it Cohen, or was it? Was it those guys? So, uh, yeah. It, it, the funniest thing of all of this, though, TJ, is just not to go all biblical, but. Think of the reception he got when he came back a year ago versus now. I mean, it's it, just coming in. He's the triumphant hero. He's going to save us. Um, and then, no, not actually not not going to. Um, he's going to put you in just as equally as bad a position as he was uh, a, two years ago. Um, he did it again. We, 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 let, we let this snake do it again. Like, oh, I, I'm shocked that he... Guy who leaves you after one year. I mean, we let the girl. You, you we got our. It's radio, so we got to do the dating comparison thing. But the girl, you you knew that she 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 could cheat on you. But you know what? She she missed you. She wasn't going to do it to you again. Um, she would never do that to you again. She can't believe she did it to you the first time. You forgive her. It's going to be better than ever. Um, and it's fine, but it's not really the same. And then, oh, look, here she is cheating on you again. It, un- unreal. Unreal. Yep. Uh, Kentucky gets played, and now UK football is in a, a tough spot here. What do you think happens? Who do you think they hire, Roush? Sorry, who do I think what? Who do you think they hire? I think they'll kick the tires on Joe Moorhead at Akron. I also think that uh, the Georgia Tech coach, uh, offense coordinator, he put up good numbers last year. Uh, I don't think there's Brock Vandergriff connections, but you've got a lot of Georgia flavor there. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there a scenario? I, I think the scenario, the answer is just rid yourself of Liam Cohen forever like don't let that dude around the football program ever again I don't think that'll be an issue he probably he clearly doesn't want to be at UK don't ever consider him for any sort of job ever again and you move on for him but is there any way and and again maybe that's the answer is that like well you don't have Liam Cohen anymore is there any way that in a month we're like you know what this could actually be a positive is there any avenue for that can you walk us through that scenario where we say you know what it was the timing was bad. It was dicey there for a little bit, but when the when it's all said and done, this actually may not be the worst thing in the world. And again, I think one answer to that is you're gone of Liam Cohen, a dude who was sniffing around every job in the world. You don't have to worry about that guy anymore. Maybe that's the answer. But what do you think, Roush? So that's part of it. The other part of it too, you could say as well. At least he got these. He got a lot of a bunch of dudes here. Um, so. You at least have that in the bag. I don't know how it could have a like the, the 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 biggest part of this all is that 
uh, Stoops was preaching continuity, right? And it takes a lot to to get. Um, I mean, they're they're going to be spending at the spring and solving a new offense. So, um, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm trying to find the way. Now, from my perspective, it might be a little bit better because he was a pain in the ass to deal with. Um, and you know what? Maybe that whole staff is is in better sync over there because there was a lot of infighting and bickering, and he was at the center of a lot of it. Um, you know, it, my, my guy was at the, the center of a lot of just problems and issues. Um, so, you know, may, maybe maybe that – the, my biggest issue with William Cohen, generally speaking, it wasn't just like because he would get mad anytime something got out and be like, well, how does this get out? And it's like, because we're reporters. We figure this stuff out. Uh, the biggest issue is the lack of accountability from the guy. And, like, it was Devin Leary's problem that the offense sucked last year, not this, right? Like, it was always somebody else's. It was a discipline issue. It was um, a player personnel. He didn't have all the decisions. He didn't have full control. I mean, there was a lot of it's everybody else's problem except mine. And that's the part that pissed me off. It's like, no, you're the offensive coordinator. Some of this falls on your shoulders. So it, that 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 was frustrating. That was frustrating in all of this saga. So maybe this guy, you know, he'll come in. He won't th- – this new guy, there, there will be a little bit more of a kumbaya, hopefully. But he's also walking into a similar situation where Skangarello got brought in after they had already hired Yenzer. Like, this new guy can't hire an offensive line. Like, he can't bring anybody with him. They already made their hires. So, it's uh, yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. And it's once again created by William Cohen. That dude stinks. He stinks. That's, again, you got to look out for your 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 yourself and your family and he's not going to miss UK and he's not going to mind that he, everything that he did here um, or the, the, the ruins he could potentially leave behind if it comes to that, he's not going to care and that's fine. But yeah, I'll, I'll be rooting against the Bucks offense. And I, I like Baker Mayfield. I don't have anything against him. Go elsewhere, Baker, go elsewhere, buddy. And I think Liam Cohen was a good offensive coordinator. I think the stuff he, he did worked. I liked how, obsessive he was with winning i liked how much losses ate him up a bit this could be as simple as i just hate recruiting i gave it my all i did my best but i just i can't do it lifetime so i've got to get out of here again we can let bygones be bygones down the road but in the meantime he is putting uk in a tough spot he has put uk in a tough spot i'm anxious to see who uk is going to hire it really just makes you appreciate Eddie Grand would have never done this to us. Eddie no. Grand loved Eddie Grand loved us. Always has, always will. Yep, he always Eddie Grand's kind of like the the ugly girl, but like, you know, you really hit it off. But you were Roush, you were chasing all sorts of tail. You were, you know, you were going for the tins. And the whole, she was and, there all along. All along. And she was there taking care of you when you were down, you know. Um running the damn ball on third and eight. But you know what? Was it really that bad? I don't think so. Well, she's got a better personality anyways. Yeah, she's funny. You have fun when you're with her. It's just, it's a great time. Like, um, 
Yeah, that, that, this was said to be just the third time in the Mark Stoops era where they were going to bring back the offensive and defensive coordinator in the same year. He was the 11th highest paid assistant coach in college football. <laughs> Man, if, if Neil Brown had just kind of stunk a little bit more at West Virginia, this could all work itself out in a really poetic, beautiful way. But he just had to go end up having an okay season there. What's, what is Brian Brom up to at this moment? Uh, I think he would take the job. I don't know if Kentucky would want him or not. You think, I, you think he would actually take the job? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this No. Third, the waves that would create, the controversy, he, the conversation. He wanted it last go around. Yeah, right? when, his, when they were at Purdue. Yeah, but, I mean, he's got to get out eventually, and he's looking for the right spot. This would be a good one. Will Stein. Will Stein. It's going to be too late in the game to get Will Stein. He's not going to do that. And he's probably going to be looking at, like, I've got to really – you know, if our head coach didn't leave for freaking Alabama, am I going to leave for – like, you're not going to be able to get him. And that sucks. And you could be paying him a million dollars more, and you're probably not going to be able to get him. And he'd be coming home to be close to his family and his whole family's Cats fans. And you still can't get him. Because, Roush, I mean – Maybe if this happened in December before they were playing in the college football playoff, potentially you could have. The timing of all this is horrible. And I, and I it doesn't have to be somebody from Louisville to be UK's next offensive coordinator, despite the, no. the last two names that I just threw out there. Well, it, but Brian was uh, – he was one of three finalists for the job uh, back in 2021 when they hired Cohen. Um, and I, I – I'm not sure if – it was the other one, Bush Hamden, maybe? Who's at Boise State? I don't think he'd come out here at this point now. Uh, but but the reason why I just it would make sense for uh, Brian Brom is just – it's the same reason why Cohen, he, he wants to be a play caller in the NFL. Here's an opportunity to be a play caller. Brian's not calling plays at UofL. So this would be an opportunity, um, and it would, there'd be familiarity there. But yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of um, some a lot a lot of people who are upset, angry right now, and um, yeah, you just gotta hope this next guy isn't uh, doesn't take off Brock Vandergriff because uh, you're gonna have a fall of Bo Allen or freshman cover Bo. And, and, and then the season's a non-starter. Like I mean, yeah. it seriously would be a non-starter. If you just if you don't have anything at quarterback and you know you don't have anything at quarterback, and again, Eddie Grand just waiting in the shadows like Batman, being like, "Oh, you don't have a quarterback? Huh? Maybe we do with Brock. Hopefully, you do." But Roush is right. Like you, you now, you got to bring somebody in that kind of fits his style of. We don't really even know what his style is because he hasn't proven anything at the college level. But we know he likes to run a little bit. We know that he can take some hits and he can deliver them as well. His dad says he's the most accurate passer since John Elway. I don't think that's a verbatim quote, but his dad does praise his accuracy as a passer. Well, that should be able to fit in any system. Any any offense coordinator is going to want an, an, an accurate passer. But now you're going to need somebody that can that can run a little bit. Hey, what, go get Charlie Weiss Jr. from Ole Miss. He okay. probably doesn't. He probably doesn't call the plays. Right, that'd probably be the lane train down there. Uh, they they haven't made it very clear. They they, they kind of like like Kiffin, 
tries to give him credit, but he's purposefully vague about who is specifically calling the plays. Yeah, go get go get him. Comes from a good pedigree, and he'd be getting a raise going to UK. UK would pay him more than Ole Miss is paying him. Now maybe Ole Miss would come back and 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 match that or top it, which is a possibility. I don't know. I I I'm viewing this as like this is an opportunity to shoot for the stars. You can dream big here. And in reality, it's so late in the game, Roush, you probably really can't. Like, you, you're probably just going to have to settle on somebody. And I hope I'm wrong about that. But this is a big next month for UK football. Uh, this, is, this, is, this, is a, this is a this seems like a pretty significant hire. Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I just got this stink in my mouth. Uh, fun, fun day. Hey, you know what? We always talk about the we talk about the KRC curse, but at least this happened while we were on air. Uh, yeah, and good job finding that old like I want to plant some roots. I'm not in a rush to go anywhere. Is what he said this time a year ago. Uh, that was when Mark Stoops he he received a verbal handshake agreement from Cohen that he was going to be here at least two years. So, what would you say, Roush, if Liam Cohen said? Your all's head coach accepted a job at A&M, and because they pulled the rug out from underneath him, he came back. Like, this whole thing, nobody's loyal. Nobody's committed. Yeah. And I ended up getting oh. a job, so I took it. Yeah, I, I think that's part of why he wanted to get out, was he was just, like, trying to get off what he thought was uh, the sinking Titanic. So, I think that's part of it. Um, but I also uh, – there was, there was some blame from his camp that like uh, essentially it's just chaotic behind the scenes. This thing's getting held together with duct tape and zip ties. But like that's just how Stoops' operate. His program has been for a decade plus. Everything always feels a lot worse than what it actually is. Um, so I, I think he kind of misread it from that aspect. But there is definitely a well. Stoops is trying to get. I, I think that played some role in it. I would say 30 percent of it. That that's my just guesstimate, rough guesstimate. And I don't think Stoops is blameless in all this. Like, it's not a coincidence how many offensive coordinators he's had at UK. That's not normal. That's not how it is every other place. Not that he's the only coach that's ever been the case for, but it is not the norm to have the revolving door that he's had. He is not blameless in this Liam Cohen situation, but the frustration should be on Cohen. And again, we understand he's got to look out for the best opportunity for him and his family. But the timing of all of this is really inconsiderate and bad for UK. And UK was paying you a lot of money, one of the top paid offensive coordinators in the country, and didn't have those type of results this past season. And you still screwed over Kentucky with all this. And that's unfortunate. But Mark Stoops also not blameless in all this. However, let's see if he can let's see if he can pull a rabbit out of his head. I mean, isn't it kind of Kentucky's fault though when the whole Chicago Bears thing went down and we realized that Cohen wasn't going to get the job and we kind of took a step back and we were like, "Oh, it's okay. Everything's all good." And now here he is, what, 2 weeks later taking another NFL job. Isn't it kind of on Kentucky? What would you have wanted them to do during that NFL during the Bears stuff though? Yeah, I mean, I just, I just, yeah, I mean, I don't think you should have got to a place where you're comfortable with the decision he made at that time that he was going to come back and and be loyal all of a sudden when he was looking then. But he told BB yeah, and tonight, I, he told BB and tonight that him and Liam Cohen are always on the same page. Mm. 
my my th- scoots what Kentucky should have done is Stoops should have had his feelers out for potential offensive coordinators. Well, Scooch, like that, to that point, yeah. we'll find out if if he learned his lesson during the Bears thing. Scooch, it TBD on that take. It's a really good one, actually. If UK panics and makes a terrible hire, then what you just said will be totally true. That like that is on UK. He this dude was clearly interested in going elsewhere. Stoops, you you yourself said that you all are on the same page, so. During the Bears thing, that's insinuating that you knew that he was interviewing, you knew that he was going to be looking at some other jobs, and Roush, to what you just said, were you doing your homework during that? Were you reaching out saying, hey, he may actually get one of these jobs, let's make sure we've got somebody else in place when that happens? Now we'll find out. Now in the next two weeks, the next week, that's going to tell us all we need to know. And if he ends up saying, you know what, guys, we're just going to hire Eddie Grant, and then after this season, we'll reevaluate then what Scoots just said will be totally accurate, that this is on Kentucky and that Stoops didn't really learn his lesson during yeah, that Bears yeah. process. So, And again, I love Eddie Grant. I'm glad he's in the football program. That's somebody that cares about UK or at least cares about Stoops. And I'm I, I'm happy that he's a part of this program. You do not need to hire that dude to be the offensive coordinator. I don't think they will. But, like, you know, I, I don't know who – I don't have no idea, Roush. I, I'm, I'm anxious to see you and Luckett and Roland and the football guys and see who you all put together on a short list or who you all are hearing Kentucky's interested in because this is big. This is big. Yeah, and if they do the NFL thing and again – so here is what I would say to that. There's been a lot of – it's felt like this offseason move has been defined by what's – these are short-term solutions to get the best possible outcome, but may not work long-term. I don't know what exactly that is, but that's kind of fit the mold of what they've done this offseason. Um, Cause you know, Wolf's not going to stick around for long. He doesn't stick around long anywhere. Uh, the retention rate on the defensive side, uh, that that's kind of echoed that sentiment as well. So I, I don't know what that would be. Maybe that's why the Moorhead always was at least somewhat appealing to me because I don't think he wants to be a power five coordinator forever, um, but it could get him out of Akron and get him back to a more respectable head coaching position. If he does well at Kentucky for a couple of season call and plays. So I uh, want to give a shout out to Derek Terry. Love gloves off Derek Terry. Uh, you can only hope Mark Stoops' next offensive coordinator can score more than 14 points against Shane Beamer. Wow. That was good. I like, I like what, what the hell is Dan Mullen doing? Uh, he TV is still doing TV with Matt Barry. Um, it didn't. I don't recall if he actually was up for. Like he got mentioned for the Syracuse job and just kind of politely said, "No, I'm good." Um, I don't know if play calling, like if if, if, if this would be different, if this would be something that would float us both. Dude has been a head coach for like 14 or 15 years, won seven or more games every year but two. Okay, three. Every year but three. And the majority of those years were at Mississippi State, like just his his head coaching tenure. And one of those years he didn't win 10 games or over seven games, seven games or more was his first year. So after his first year, there's only twice he didn't win seven or more games at Mississippi State and at Florida. And obviously the standards were pretty high at Florida, but they could be going for some early 
early Dan Mullen era of Florida. They were going to peach and orange and cotton bowls back then, Roush. Now they're going to the mm-hmm. toilet bowl. So yep. Dan Mullen can coach some football. Uh, he, he and a lot of people are saying Brock Vandegrift is the second coming of Dak Prescott. Everybody's really saying Dude, that. He he would be great in a Dan Mullen offense. It would seem, would be, I mean, again, I, you know, we haven't seen be. a lot of Brock Vandegrift, but it would seem that that would be that kind of style of quarterback for Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen, come in for a year, clean this up, and get get your – Get out of TV, all right? Come on, you're a good head coach. Get, get your. This is like going and your buddy who's just been down on his luck for a little while. You go into his place. It's like that scene in Wedding Crashers. It's like I thought the I thought you weren't reading that. It was a gift. It was a gift. I took a glance at it. The Don't Kill Yourself book. Right, right. I'm reading she, Don't Kill Myself books. <laughs> she 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 got the kitten. She's not taking care of it. I know you're not taking care of that thing. It's a great scene. Text on into the Thornton's text line 502-414-1450. And don't forget about Salsaritas, the big game. It's just nine days away after this weekend. We'll be here before you know it. You're going to want those wildly addictive chips. You're going to want Salsaritas catering, and you can do it all online on their app. Download it today. You don't have to talk to anybody. You can pick your package. You can add-ons, take-offs, whatever you want. It's super easy, a friendly-to-use app. Salsaritas, two locations in Louisville, Middletown. It has a drive-thru, and it's going to be nice out today. So go to that covered patio in St. Matthews. Enjoy lunch with your parents, your kids, your loved ones, anybody. Have yourself a nice Friday lunch. Get the weekend started off right with some Salsaritas. We're going to take our last break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the week of Kentucky Roll Call. Wild, wild Groundhogs Friday. We'll be back after this. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. It has been a memorable Kentucky Roll Call for sure. We we will remember this one. Uh, yeah, um, I think I've switched my microphones like seven times too, so that's that's been a fun little wrinkle to the show. Um, does it sound bad now, or am I good? You you still aren't like you're not plugged. You're not going through. You're going through the computer audio. You're not going through the headphones again. So when you're when you're switching it, there's a setting on your computer that you're not doing. Yeah, no, I have I switched it to, to AirPods last time. Um, I guess my headphones might just be work, broken on this thing, so maybe I go back then. Scoots, do you agree or disagree with that? Doesn't it sound like that, or am I wrong? Yeah, it sounds like computer audio for sure. Yeah, so the headphones are broken. They're officially kaput. We okay. We'll stop. We'll stop it because you sound horrible. <laughs> <laughs> AirPod it up. Yeah, let's go back to the AirPods. We. we and that's another thing. It's like, this is, we're going to get, a lot of people are listening today. A lot of people are going to download this podcast. And Roush could not have sounded worse. Like, just at no point. He's never sounded worse at any point in the show's history. Uh, Scoots, we started the show by saying, like, you may just have to take the day off, which thank goodness, thank goodness he did not. No kidding. Yeah. No, he, I mean, he's been, this has been a big Roush episode. 
and he has sounded horribly throughout all of it, but he, he, <laughs> he said, he said this was coming. He said that like, Hey, I think it's going to happen today. It's fitting that it's groundhogs day while we're on the air, or I guess actually during the commercial break, the news broke and Roush has been all over this. He's been animated. He's been fun. He's been good to listen to, and he's going to have the scoop on where UK goes from here. So make sure you're following on Twitter at Roush KSR. And then don't forget to follow our buddy scoots. Justin XXX on Twitter, and uh, you can follow him there. If, if you follow that guy, it will not be me. So, <laughs> oh, did you change it to the PX? You, you're just down to one X. PXP. Yeah, just one X. Okay. Yeah. It was the old the old Scoots Twitter. Woo! It was spicy <laughs> to say the least. Get your text into the Thornton's text line. We've hardly read any of them. We, you know. It, you know who's really happy today is John freaking Calipari. Yeah, John Vincent Calipari having a, a great day of dodging bullets from the loss last Wednesday. But there is still a big – like, my God, please beat Tennessee. Just the, – the, it, it, would, it would do a lot. It would it would be beneficial. Like, I, and – because, I mean, the, the visitors list that I put out there, I mean, there might be some guys that decide to – change their plans and i wouldn't blame them so yeah the uk fan base may may be borderline hysteric tomorrow night like that could be a good thing for the crowd like they're, they're gonna be crazy it's gonna be like when you're a kid roush and it's like you know all of the kids have been in trouble with mom or dad in the last like day or two and you can tell that they're just at their breaking point it's like oh boy this I don't you got to walk on eggshells around them. Don't talk back. Don't say anything stupid. Just be careful around them. That's going to be the UK crowd tomorrow. It's just going to be on edge. And like the a referee better not make a bad call or UK fans are just going to lose their mind even more. So uh, I don't think in like a physical or dangerous way. So no need to worry, but it, it's going to be a special crowd at Rupp tomorrow. And not because it's just going to be like your normal, loud, good crowd, or some people would say that's not normal necessarily. I think it's going to be it's going to be a frenzy. It's UK fans need something, and they're going to beg it out of the basketball team tomorrow night at Rupp Arena. Hopefully, they're going to be able to deliver. We talked about the game. We talked about what Tennessee is going to do. We talked about some bets. We'll get to more of that. Maybe we try to get to some some text or where do you want to go? It wherever yeah we, we can do that we can we can start and just read up because there's been a lot of some recent better that's true I feel like they're pretty pertinent um I, I would just like to say uh seven wildcats in the all-star game that's pretty cool it's almost double the previous record that was also set by kentucky but yeah pretty cool yeah 24 all-stars seven of them are kentucky wildcats that that is impressive and it helps with recruiting. I know people don't always care to hear that stuff, but it, it does help with recruiting because people are going to say, well, I want to be an NBA All-Star. And if they did it, they've got a formula. They've got something going right. Of course, you can be an All-Star going to William & Mary College if you're good enough. But yeah, it helps with recruiting. It's a big deal. So congrats to all those folks. Give back to the university's nil collectives. Have you kept up with Tennessee and the NCAA and all that? We have not gotten into that on Roll Call just because we're a two-hour radio show and we don't have a ton of time. But – Tennessee is having a nil bonanza right now because of the NCAA. Yeah. Can the NCAA be mean to UK football and we can all rally and have a bunch of rich people give a ton of money? I would like that. But UK NBA yeah. players make a facility for the basketball team and do it right now. The uh, They're basically just trying to sue the NCAA out of existence. 
or at least out of enforcing anything. Um, it's pretty wild. They got the government. They got like political support, and it's just it's so wild that we grew up in a generation where if you got caught cheating, it was just shame was cast over you. Now you're praised for fighting back at the NCAA because they're a fraudulent organization. So it it's cr- crazy how much the tables have turned. Uh, the NCAA lawyers getting to a lot of billable hours uh, this time of year, and it does make you wonder just what 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 the end game is here or if the NCAA just says screw it we're going to drop it um just to like keep themselves in an act of self-preservation while they try to figure out how they're going to operate moving forward so if they drop it NCAA is in a tough spot here if they drop it there's no more rules yes there's just no more rules the NCAA right. doesn't have any teeth you you showed what happens when the NCAA growls at you. You hit them over the head with a newspaper, and they put their tail between their legs and they go away. So they if they drop it, that's that's every the rules are just the nil. There's no nil rules. Anything goes. Pay for play. Schools will get involved. It doesn't matter if they they and they could have a case to win. They may say, "Listen, like we've always been, boosters can't do these booster things. We've uh, we've never changed that. At any point, have we ever changed that? We've caught you all red-handed, and you've broken the rules." They have a case. I don't I don't know if it'll win or if it won't win. But Roush, it's going to be expensive. It's going to drag on, and the NCAA may not want to to deal with it. But there is also a chance that the courts side with Tennessee and Virginia, and they say that. The NCAA can't do that, at which point it would feel like the NCAA, as we knew it, was teased, would cease to exist. So any of those are pretty huge plays. Whatever one happens is going to be pretty seismic for college athletics. And, and we may wait a really long time to find out. We may not wait at all. I will just say, and I said this during before nil, I, I said this before name, image, and in likeness when they were when this was back in like 16. Be careful what you wish for with having the NCAA cease to exist. You love the NCAA tournament. You love a lot of these events. You love a lot of these sports. You love teams having athletic programs for women's polo. Just be careful what you wish for if the NCAA ceases to exist. And then what's going to happen is you're going to get all the same whiny media members that whine about everything and never have any solutions and they're going to, well, this isn't, there's no adults in charge. And now the kids are suffering. Just wait. They're going to write that. It'll happen if the NCAA ceases to exist. And it always cracks me up when this whole NCAA stuff. The NCAA is the universities. Tennessee, you're suing yourself. You are. You helped make the NCAA. Not you by yourself, but you in the SEC. In the SEC and the other Power Six conferences. And the other Power Six conferences and all of the mid-majors. You all made this entity. And now you just don't like it. We'll see what happens. It's fascinating times in college sports. And I don't know how it all shakes out. But I, I like the NCAA tournament. I hope it doesn't get messed up. I really hope it doesn't get messed up. Yeah, it's a lot of fun every March. Um, but yeah, the, we're... We're staring down the barrel at significant changes. We just don't really know what the end game is going to be. 
Yep. And I, you know, I do wish like in the NCAA is certainly not blameless uh, in all of this. I, I do like, I think people have just made them the boogeyman so much that everybody has turned their pitchforks against them, not realizing that they helped create Dr. Frankenstein's monster. We're all responsible for this, but the NCAA, you knew this stuff was coming and you had so much time to get something set in place that people probably would have gotten on board. If you just would have been a little progressive with it all. And you didn't, you sat on your hands because Mark Emmert was stealing money. He was the worst president. Think how much stuff could have happened if you had somebody competent in charge. And this Baker fella, at least he's thinking outside the box with stuff. It, 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 he's really kind of progressive with some of his ideas. It's really off he's, the wall. He's, he's trying at least. But at least right? he's trying. Yeah, at least he's saying, hey, things are changing and let's try to change with it. Where Emmert, all this falls back on Emmert's plate. That dude is the biggest fraud. There, that's a word I can say on radio. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Good retweet of Nick there, TJ, watching the likes go up and up and up. Cohen should take out his suck it and suck it. You're welcome, Nick Roush. That was all me. Oh, thanks, buddy. Gonna be a gonna be a great, great few uh few hours uh, running that. Be Beezy was the one who I who I saw first found it, and then I just retweeted your original tweet. Um, but that I mean it's you know not a good look for Cohen, but whatever. He's not the first coach to do that stuff. Texter says, Liam, you bastard. Please no Moorhead or Mullen. Well, isn't Nick Saban looking to just kind of – he wants to still be in football but wanted to take a step back. OC Nick Saban? Bill Belichick, he doesn't have a job, right? I know can, he's a defensive can, guy, but he knows some offense too. Can we do the old, like, Michael – hey, Nick Saban, we just want you to OC the home games, right? We'll give you $2 million a year, and we just need you – on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and every other weekend, can we like work out some sweetheart deal for that? It'd be it'd, think about the news cycle. It'd be huge. Can does Nick Saban just have like any family that it's like? Can we hire his wife? Oh, you know they're saying that like Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama may run for president at the last minute. They're going to switch out Michelle for Joe. Can we just hire Nick Saban's wife? Wow. There's worse ideas out there. <laughs> has Matt Jones ever considered going into coaching? He's an expert strategist. Uh, I don't think so. People uh, can say what they want, but it's really terrible look for the football program in general. Damn near feels like every single coach we have has one foot out the door, and I ultimately think this is a direct correlation with Stoops and the culture that is currently going on with Kentucky football. All around terrible Kentucky football in every possible way. That's a little hyperbole with every coach having a foot out the door, but it definitely seems like you you just need somebody to get a tight grip around the program and be like, damn it, we're going to get this stuff figured out. And it just maybe, again, I love the Dean Hood edition, but it's like you thought maybe you were making a change with getting stuff figured out inside the program, and then you go through this whole Liam Cohen debacle. So who knows? Yeah, uh, who knows? The Cohen stuff makes easy stuff makes easy sense. I put no stock in it being related to Stoops. There's no fundraising in the NFL. You don't have to recruit your whole roster all over every single season. Harbaugh had a clear path to a dynasty with the expanded playoff, and he left. What does that tell you? Oh, a little disingenuous with, with Harbaugh because he was also facing some potentially huge NCAA issues. 
But I think a better example would be the Boston College head coach, who was the head coach at Boston College, a power four yeah. program, and he left to go be a coordinator in the NFL. Um, you know, Cohen left to be a coordinator for a coordinator. And I do think that you're going to see coaches just not want to deal with that stuff. But, you know, I, I gosh, Roush, some of these journalists, I don't care. Somebody else is going to step up and say, you're going to pay me $1.6 million to deal with this stuff. I'll do a little recruiting. Okay, if that guy's he's too good for it, he wants an easier job in the NFL, that's fine. I'll do it. You're not going to have any problem filling these spots. If, oh, if the college is too hard, then go. If you can get it, then go. And that's what Cohen did. See you later. Don't let the door hit you. He's already gone, though. Hey, at least we got – does Wolford want to be the OC? Anybody can have it. He's been a head coach before, and it did not go well at Youngstown State. So, don't know if we want that. Maybe Summerall's looking to mix things up. Maybe he'll go through Mardi Gras in New Orleans and be like, oh, this city's kind of gross when I think about it. I'm going back to Lexington, and I'm taking the OC job. Oh, New Orleans, great tourist town, bad town to live in. That's what just, just get anybody. I don't care if they even specialize in offense. Just get somebody with a decent name. Uh, texter says, Jimbo? I said, Jimbo Fisher? Yeah. <laughs> I'd love Bobby Petrino. Oh, oh man. I, I would love Bobby Petrino. And he's back at Arkansas, so he probably feels obligated to give them a year. But you don't think he'd like to stick it to L wearing some blue? Everybody, oh, you know, they made Brom. Didn't they make Brom to be out the scapegoat? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Now he probably wants to prove that he's the better football mind. Uh, bring, bring Petrino. I say Eddie was better, and I'm just joking about all this if you couldn't tell. I say Eddie was better than we realized because he did more with less for years. I'd like to see Eddie's offense with three years of NFL influence over the past couple of years. I just didn't like the route running for the most part with Eddie Graham. But then again, in, in 2016, like that was probably the healthiest the offense had been after the quarterback injury. For the most part, the offense was healthy after that. And it was humming at times, that Louisville game. Everybody remembers how they were throwing it all over the field there. I don't yeah, want Eddie Grand to be the OC, but I, I didn't want him to get fired when he did get fired. That was a big KRC yeah, you, debate. Right, yeah, you pushed back on it. But just the passing game wasn't great um, because he was tied to a uh, he was tied to a quarterback's coach, Darren Henshaw, who ended up back at UCF, and he took over the play-calling duties for a year. And he has since been demoted, and Gus is going to be calling plays next year. So, uh, some person – nobody's mentioned Shannon Dawson, bringing him back. He, he's been decent at Miami. Oh, man. Drew Franklin just put out a banger um, of photoshopping Liam Cohen into the Groundhog Day movie portrait. So, well, well done, Drew. Well done. I was the first one. I was the first one, though, to make a Liam Cohen Groundhog Day joke, though. So that that so you know. Yeah, you you were the inspiration for it. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm I'm kidding. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. I need to check this one out from Drew. A texter says, "Kick the tires on Eddie Grant. His problem was he just couldn't get a quarterback. Now multiple support for Eddie Grant. I, I want him in the program. I don't want him to be UK's OC. I feel like we need an uncensored pod to let Roush say how he really feels. I think we all would feel that way. Roush, maybe hop on the Dash Clips postgame show tomorrow night after you've had a couple. <laughs> we can have the first five minutes, ten minutes, just dedicated to Roush on Cohen. So or, he went around like, so after you the never know, You never know when I'm going to show up and just start, like, screaming about him. So you just have to tune in the whole thing and see. 
That'd be fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so he unfollowed you and a bunch of people. Uh, yeah, he did at some point. Yeah, we we made him mad because we said that they weren't as. I, actually, I don't really know what made him mad. Um, but he was very uh, petty about all sort of stuff, and I didn't realize he was mad at me um, uh, initially. But like he just kind of uh, very passive aggressive, very very childish. Mm, not good. The unfollows on Twitter just really weird. Maybe it's time to stop whining about the OC and look at Stoops. When's it been this many OCs? It's a foundational issue. Obviously, we we pointed it at Stoops. We yeah, yeah. I don't know if you listened to the whole show or not. I we Stoops definitely takes some blame for this. And the fact that maybe some play calling issues is he calling the plays. Is he not calling the plays? Is he getting? Is he doing too much on offense? I don't doubt that. That's yeah. This doesn't happen elsewhere. The this rotating door of offensive coordinators. So it does fall back five on five different Steve, ones in five, five different five years. But we're giving horrible. we're giving Cohen the suck it today, and and, and we'll yeah. we we'll have we'll have all off season to see what Stoops does. Stoops can make this right. We're not exactly sure how. We mentioned a few names we'd like to see, but we instantly were like, well, that probably won't happen. No, we don't see that happening. Uh, realistic names, not the goofy, silly names. Go back and listen to the podcast if you didn't. Stoops can still find a way to win this. It just seems unlikely. Yeah. Hope the Bears lose every game. Cohen's a loser. Hope the Bears suck. Uh, the Bucks, excuse me. The Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks. I hope the Bucks suck next year. Fool me once, shame on you. Fooled me twice, shame on me. You can't get fooled again. I think it's one of those games, Cal guards connect with one guy and minimal helping, but his emphasis is minimizing the impact of the secondary scores. Connect might go for 40, but the game is won or lost if the other guys get in the 15 or 20 range. But the issue with that texture is that you, all of the defenders aren't great. So it's not like you can say, hey, we're going to stick our best defender on, on Connect, and he's going to get beat. Connect's going to get his, but he's going to make him work for it. And then, you know what, we'll just neutralize everybody else with our average to good defenders with their average to decent offensive players. Instead, you've got average to good offensive players with bad defenders across the board. So it may just be better to double connect and try to, you know what, we'll give Ziegler open threes all day, and but connect, we're going to try to limit under 25. And if Ziegler gets 20, then, you know, let's hope Vescovy doesn't put up 25 himself. It, it, yeah, there's a million different strategies, Texter. I just – I think the, the lack of the other defenders makes it tough to play that way. But Cal will do that in the past. You're not wrong about that. He, that's a strategy of his frequently. Uh, Texter sent in a meme of Cal and, and Stoops, but I don't really get it. Yeah, I don't, I don't really either. Um... Uh, some memes are over my head. How about that all-star game record for the Cats? Insanely impressive. Could have a whole starting five and some in the all-star game. Folks don't even know how awesome that really is. Yep, fans are crying tears and seeing red when they saw that stat online, but they can sing Kumbaya and jump around the campfire when Levis, Wondell, Josh Allen has a big NFL performance. That's because people care more about the NFL than the NBA, Texture. Like, generally speaking, there's yeah, 50 that's... million people that watch it. Yeah, but that's not the Texas point. The Texas point is that it's always when UK guys in the NBA get brought up, it's brought up how much UK is underachieved. When oh, UK guys yeah. in the NFL get brought up, it's like, yeah, woohoo, we love seeing those guys. We love them. Granted, those guys in the NFL that you mentioned, you know, they were on really, really good teams. Not that the NBA yeah. guys weren't on really, really right. good teams, but 
again, this is why the Mark Stoops Cal thing was so stupid. Cal was right. He shouldn't have, he shouldn't have said it the way that he did, but that we look at the programs differently because they're different. I know that really rubs some people the wrong way, but they're different. They have different histories. They have different expectations. They have different standards. And anybody that says anything different is just dumb. I, I hate using such a, uh, elementary rudimentary word there, but it's just, it's the easiest. All right. Predictions for cats in Tennessee. Oh God. I'm preparing to hurt again. So Tennessee 88, Kentucky 84. Ooh. Yeah. I don't think Wagner's going to play or I don't know how, if he'll be a hundred percent, if he will play. So I'll, I'll take Tennessee as well. 88, 80 in uh, a game that sends UK to rock bottom. I, I still like this team. I still believe if they can get healthy and be healthy, that they can beat anybody in the country. But I think Tennessee, unfortunately, gets them tomorrow night. Really hope to be wrong about that. Scoots? Tennessee, 84-83. I think it's closer than you all think. Well, we all picked close games. Um, not not as close as mine. You're right. Not as close as you. <laughs> all right, everybody have a good Friday. Wild show today. I may do a live at some point this afternoon on, on X to get rid to do the text line. So be on the lookout for that. Sorry we didn't get to a lot of the text, but uh, we'll do our best. See you on Monday. Have a good weekend. Be safe. Go Cats. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Suck it, Liam. Go. Oh.